Take your Bibles, if you're not already in Luke 2, head that way. We've asked the question, has the Grinch stolen Christmas? I hope he hasn't for you. I encouraged you a few weeks ago to remember your first love. Last week, joy to the world that Jesus came for us all. And we'll look at that again in a moment. But today, I want to talk about a joyful journey. A joyful journey. For some of you, 2023 has truly been a joyful journey. I know it's not all been mountaintops. It never is. In a given year, there'll be some mountains, there'll be some valleys. But for some of you, the mountaintops have outweighed the valleys this year. For some of you, it's been a year of valleys and storms. It's been a very troubling and tough year for you. For many of us, we're somewhere between those extremes. But what I would say to you is that if you'll walk with Jesus, there is a joy that goes beyond the temporal circumstances you'll face this year or any year. In fact, I want to say to us right out of the gate that I want you to enjoy the journey and not just the destination. Sometimes I think we as preachers do a pretty decent job talking about heaven and the sweet by and by. And I certainly look forward to that homecoming where all of those that I love are already there. Those that knew Christ that are there, man, they're celebrating the birthday of Jesus face to face with the Lord. What an incredible thing. I would ask none of them to come back, even if I could, knowing what they've experienced and seen and what we have here. And yet, I don't want you to just think about the sweet by and by, the great then and there. I want you to also think about the here and now. I want you to think about what God's doing in your life right now and what God really wants to do. We're going to celebrate in a couple of weeks after the first of the year with a state of the church address. God called us here Five years ago, in fact, we spent our first Christmas in East Tennessee in 2018. I became your pastor right out of the gate, January of 2019. It's hard to believe now that we've had all of these years. The last two of those years, we have seen, uh, we've, we've seen God do amazing things all five years. But the last two, there's basically not a record you could have as a church that we haven't just obliterated. From new members and baptisms and giving and going and seeing growth both in the church and in the academy, we've seen all of that. Even today, we had 10 folks scheduled for baptism. We ended up baptizing eight because two were under the weather, but we had 10 folks that had already trusted Christ in the last just little bit, last few weeks or so, and we're seeing life change over and over and over. And of the best metric, of the best statistic, uh, for all of that jazz, the best thing is lives are being changed changed every single week through the ministries of grace and our family is overjoyed to be a little part of it. All of us are here. Man, we don't have to travel this Christmas. We're not going anywhere for years and years and years. We were traveling. We were on the road eight, nine, ten hours on Christmas Day. What do you eat when you're traveling on Christmas Day? Chinese food, of course, that's all you can get. And so we, we had Chinese year after year after year. And I love Chinese food. But this year, everybody is here. Everybody's in the area. Everybody's serving the Lord. Mom's going to be joining us uh, coming over tomorrow. Um, we're just blessed to be together. And we are enjoying the journey. In fact, I'm going to talk a little bit more specifically about a few special ones that we're enjoying this time, especially in this season of our lives. But I want us to read the Christmas story. I won't read the first seven verses again, but I want to focus again on what we looked at last week, 8 to 14, but then specifically today, 15 to 20, on this topic, a joyful journey. Stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word. 
The Bible says in Luke 2, 8, now there were in the same country, that means in Bethlehem, remember, Joseph and Mary have gone to be registered, to be taxed, and so there were in that same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, and behold, that means pay attention, look carefully at this, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round them, and they were greatly afraid. The angel said unto them, do not be afraid. But behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Remember last week, that's mega joy. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, that means in Bethlehem, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you, not a star yet, that's for the wise men from the east. The sign to the shepherds, you'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, or we often say clothes, but these strips of linen lying in a feeding trough in a manger. That's why we assume they were in a stable or a cave-like structure that kept animals, often connected in part to a home, but there was just no room for them in a regular home. And so as the angels tell the shepherds this, or as the angel, singular, then a multitude shows up. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Now let's focus on this section. And so it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned. Returned where? Out to their fields doing their job. They returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful story. It's not just a children's story. It's certainly, certainly no myth, no fable. The actual historical reality of God in flesh, Emmanuel. Thank you for the birth of Jesus. Thank you for the sacrifice of your Son and our Savior. May we celebrate both well today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you and be seated. So, let me give you a few characteristics this morning of a joyful journey, okay? A joyful journey begins with immediate obedience. Immediate obedience. We've heard the phrase, I use it quite often. I've used it with my kids for 20 plus years. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So if we say you need to do this and you don't do it, well, that's disobedience. But we find that these guys obey immediately. We see in verses 1 to 7, Mary and Joseph heading to Bethlehem. We assume they're in a stable because there is, after all, a feeding trough. It was more than likely made of stone and not wood. Very few things were made of wood in this part of the world. Even today, you have a lot less construction with wood. But regardless, it doesn't really matter. The Bible says that he would be wrapped in these strips of cloth, laid in this feeding trough we call a manger. Then we see that he came to all the world. The angels said, this is good news for everybody. He came as the promised Savior and Lord. This is the Christ child, Jesus, Lord and Savior. He came for God's glory. He came for the good of mankind. And so we see all of that. Now let's focus on this last section. And when I say immediate obedience, you may assume that the angel said, now get up, fellas. I need you to go quickly. 
I need you to go see this child. I've told you all about him. He's going to bring glory to God. He's going to be good for you. And remember, the angelic army is not announcing war. They're announcing peace. And yet we never see the angel tell them directly what to do. I want you to just notice that. The angel said in 10, don't be afraid. I'm bringing you good news. There'll be great joy to all people. And he's saying, look, over here in Bethlehem, the Savior is born, and this is the sign. Meaning, the angelic announcer is assuming these Jewish shepherds are going to want to see their Messiah. These fellows are Jews in and around Bethlehem. They've heard about the promise of God their whole lives. They were likely illiterate. They almost certainly couldn't read, but they had likely been to synagogues. They had probably heard the priests talking about God's promised Messiah, the one that would be bruised, the one that would be striped, the one that would be pierced for them. This great leader that would bring deliverance and freedom to the people, though not in a way they anticipated. And so when the angel just gives them the news, hey, the Messiah is here. And he's just right over there in that tiny little town. Remember, old little town of Bethlehem is accurate. It was a tiny little place, a few hundred people most of the year. But they said, here's the sign. So in other words, I know you're going to want to go. I came across a quote many years ago. It's never really been attributed to any one person, but I wanted you to have it because it spoke so powerfully to me. And it said this, Christ was content with a stable when he was born so that we could have a mansion when we die. Man, think about that one for a minute. And not just a mansion. See, I don't think the greatest thing about heaven is going to be your mansion. I think the greatest thing about heaven is going to be the presence of Jesus. Being able to see him, to hold his nail-scarred hands, to look upon his face, to be able to thank him face to face. You know, it's one thing to send a thank you card. It's one thing to call somebody. It's another thing to text them, but it's even greater to see them face to face, to say thank you. God, thank you. I love you. I am so appreciative. And so what we find here in verses 15 and 16 is these boys said, you know what? The angel's message was pretty clear. We ought to go on over to Bethlehem and see this thing that's come to pass, which the Lord's revealed, which the Lord has made known to us. And the Bible says they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. See, what I want to encourage you to do today, folks, is not just come here and then go away trying to live a better life. That's not what's meant by immediate obedience. You can't really come here today and say, well, I heard all that preacher had to say, but I'll come to Jesus when I'm good and ready. This wasn't about when the shepherds were good and ready. This was about when God was good and ready. God said, I've sent my son, your savior. And he didn't have to say, now you ought to go find him. He simply gave them the information. See, some folks are waiting for a feeling. Some folks are waiting for a warm fuzzy. I'm not asking you to wait for a feeling or a warm fuzzy. I'm asking you to call on the name of the Lord today. I'm asking you to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth who Jesus is and what he's done today. They got a word from God and they acted upon it. In fact, the Bible says, you know this word, they came with spudo. That is the Greek word, spudo. Now you can hear that, S-P-E-U-D-O, if we anglicize the Greek letters, spudo means they came with great speed. In fact, there's a very famous brand. We often equate it to menswear, but it's men and women. I pray none of you boys wear them. I was in Brazil. Y'all are already ahead of me. This is a smart group. You're smarter than the first hour. 
So I was in Brazil a number of years ago doing a marriage conference. Our kids were younger, so Cindy wasn't with me. It was awful. And so I was there, and I'm preaching, and then they said, we're going to have free time. All these Brazilians, who I thought were Christian. No, they were Christian. They're wonderful people. They went to get changed, and so I went to my room, and I put my bathing suit on, you know, down to here bathing suit. And I walked out, and I'm telling you, these dudes, every one of them had little Speedos on. And, I went, and so I turned around and went back to my room. Don't nobody need to see that. And so now you'll think of the Christmas story differently. They came with spudo. No, they came with speed. They came with intentionality. They came quickly and they found exactly what the angel said they would find. At a reception honoring a very famous British musician on his 100th birthday, there was an elderly British socialite named Lady Diana Cooper. She fell into a conversation with a very friendly woman who seemed to know her quite well. But Lady Diana's failing eyesight prevented her from recognizing her fellow guest until she peered very closely and noticed this guest had an incredible array of diamonds around her neck. Lady Diana Cooper recognized all this time she had been talking to none other than Queen Elizabeth. Overcome with embarrassment, Lady Diana curtsied and stammered and said, Oh, ma'am, ma'am, I'm so sorry. She said, Ma'am, I just, I didn't recognize you without your crown. And so many in and around Bethlehem, so many in and around the Holy Land where he walked those dusty streets did not yet recognize Jesus Christ without his crown. But God chose to send him to the poorest of poor because God says I love them and I love the king in the palace and everyone in between and I want you to see the Lord high and lifted up today he is not just a precious baby in a manger he is a conquering king of kings and lord of lords that's who we get to serve at Christmas That's who we get to honor this year. And the shepherds trusted the angelic announcement and they recognized him. He was just as the scripture or the angel had said, which is now our scripture. And then they began to talk about him. Look, a joyful journey begins with immediate obedience. A joyful journey spreads with faithful proclamation. Faithful proclamation. Now don't miss this. In verse 17, they just couldn't keep the good news to themselves. Now, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. So they heard, because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word, and then their faith became sight. They went and they saw. And some of y'all are saying, well, preacher, I tell you what, if I could see Jesus today, I would trust him. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You're lying about that. You're lying about that. In fact, in Luke 16, there was a man who was separated from Almighty God forever, and he was in a place of torment. We call that hell. And he begged, he begged for Abraham. He begged for, when Lazarus was in the bosom of Abraham, he said, please send someone back. Please just warn my brothers. I don't want them to come to this place of torment. And you know what the conclusion of that was? Even if someone were to be raised from the dead, they still wouldn't believe. No, no, no. It's not a lack of seeing. It's a lack of faith. You're not believing today. And I'm asking you to believe. I'm asking you to trust in what God has already done, just like these old boys out in the field had to trust. Now, that sounds awful silly, Mr. Angel. 
That sounds awful foolish that there would be a, a, a parents out there that would place their baby in a feeding trough. That doesn't sound right to us. Never seen anything like that. And we know what a feeding trough is. I mean, look at all these sheep we have. But you telling me a human baby's going to be laying there where we feed our animals? I don't think so. No, they didn't say any of that. They just did what they were told to do. And, and what the, the assumption, this will be the sign to you, like, hey, I know you're going to want to see this. They could not keep it to themselves. I couldn't help but think about the end of the narrative. In Matthew 28, y'all remember, Jesus has grown into a perfect man. Jesus is made the perfect sacrifice. Jesus is buried in a rich man's tomb, just like the Bible said he would be. Jesus has now, they're going to go finish his burial because you had Sabbath, sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. And so the first time the sun comes up, early Sunday morning, those ladies, the Marys and others, are going to go finish the work. But they don't find Jesus there. They find the stone rolled away. And the angel said, do not be afraid. Exact same language we read here. Do not be afraid. I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. And then the angel says, hey, y'all come and see. See for yourself the place where he lay. And then the angel said, now go quickly and tell. You see, you can't just believe for yourself. When you believe for yourself and when you see how Christ changes you, you go forth and you tell. And the Bible says they went out quickly from the tomb. And then they brought the disciples the word. Because a joyful journey spreads with faithful proclamation. And they made this widely known. In fact, that's exactly what the Bible says in verse 17. They spread it far and wide. They spread this good news as a farmer would spread his seed. Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If y'all have been at grace long at all, I think you know how I feel about my sweet Cindy. Even though she's mad at me because Dale got me in trouble. I think you know how I feel about her. I think you know how important she is in my life. And I love my children. But God has taught me something that I did not know, a different kind of love. Not better nor worse, not greater nor lesser, but a different kind of love. Because a candle loses nothing of itself when it lights another candle. Your heart does not have to be limited in love. And God taught me a lesson. In fact, I really came to know it four years ago, middle January of 2020. Thankfully, just before COVID swept through. But I came to know a different kind of love when I held my baby's baby for the first time. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Look at this. That's Miss Lucy, the first time we held her. Now, she was born in North Carolina. Don't ask me why they put Jiffy Pop on their head. I don't know. I don't know if they wanted to put her over heat and see if she'd pop. I don't know why they did that. But they put a Jiffy Pop bag on my baby. And so Miss Sydney and I got to hold that precious child. I might have another few pictures here. Let's look, look at that. Look at that. I rode over today. You see, she was a genius from the beginning. A genius. That's like three days old right there, y'all. Three days? No, I'm kidding. I don't know. Look at the next one. Look at these beautiful babies. Look at that baby right there. Can you believe that child? Now look at her now. Look at this. Next one. Look at that. Now, is that not? You better watch it. That red hair will come for you. Watch out. Watch out. The red will come out. Grandparents. It's a different kind of love, isn't it? Y'all got pictures of y'all grandchildren with you? I mean, think about it. Grandchild could look, I mean, just like, and they say, ain't that the prettiest baby you've ever seen in your life? 
The baby's drooling on itself and pooping itself, and you say, ain't she smart? She's just brilliant. Oh, yeah, you got a real winner there. So then we got another one. Look at this one right here. That's the second one. That's Sophia, baby so-so. Little so right there. And look at Miss Lucy's holding her little sister. I think we might have a few more baby so-so. Look at that blue-eyed beauty queen. Look at that precious child right there who's walking and starting to talk. She still ain't said G-Pie yet, but she's going to, I promise you. Look, she's just, look at that, look at that, look at that. Look at that, my word, at Thanksgiving. Okay, now we got them together, some of the ones of the girls together. Yes, trouble one and trouble two. I love it. <laughs> now, do y'all think I might have a thousand more where those came from? And you probably do too, don't you? If you got grandkids, you know, I think we still have a few ch uh, pictures of our own children. I don't know. Maybe we do. But I tell you right now, my phone has blown up with pictures of those grandbabies. And yes, we love our children, we love our grandchildren, and when something happens like that, I mean, I know now why they call them grand. Don't you want to tell somebody? Don't you want to talk about good news? In fact, the response is very telling. It says in 18, all those who heard it marveled at the things which were told them by the shepherds. They thalmazo, they were amazed, they wondered, they were like, what? You, you saw the Christ child. Now, I know sometimes we think our kids and grandkids are the Christ child. They are not. There is one Christ child. His name is Jesus. And the Bible says that they obviously were faithful in their proclamation because when the people heard it, they were amazed. They said, this is incredible. And then, yes, just like the great prophet said, yes, just like we read about back over there in Micah, he would be born in Bethlehem. Out of Bethlehem, a ruler would come forth, a ruler for everlasting, just like the Bible said, just like our Old Testament, and for them, that was their Bible, just like we have read. But the Bible says in 19, Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. She treasured them away. And you say, well, pastor, I don't understand. I thought we were supposed to proclaim the good news. Well, Mary had already done it. She's exhausted, guys. She's wore out. She just gave birth. So she's just holding the child. She's just taking it all in. But remember when the angel gave her the announcement, even though she didn't know how Joseph would react, she didn't know how her family would treat her. She could have easily been put away. She could have been stoned publicly for this since she had not yet consummated her marriage with Joseph, but they were betrothed. She could have had all manner of things done to her. But the Bible says, Mary cried out, my soul magnifies the Lord. She gave glory to God when she got the news. She didn't understand it all, but she still responded with praise and worship. And I would ask us, before we tear into the gifts today or tomorrow, whatever your traditions are, before you get busy and the papers are flying and everybody's doing their thing, would you please sit down? And I hope you already have this tradition. Would you please take God's word, be it your Bible, your phone, wherever it is, would you please open it to Luke 2? Would you please consider just rereading at least 1 to 20 every single year for nearly 30 years now, 29 years in the Lewis home? We will read the Christmas story before we get into all the other things. There's nothing wrong with the other stuff if we remember who it is we're celebrating. And we stop and we reflect on God's greatest gift. And by reading the word and pausing, we are giving faithful proclamation. 
to what God has done. A joyful journey begins with immediate obedience. It spreads with faithful proclamation. And finally, it continues, and we want it to continue, with authentic worship. Look at verse 20. The Bible says that then the shepherds returned. They went back to doing what they were supposed to do, and they were glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen as it was told them. In other words, it always aligns because when God gives you a word, it always aligns with reality. It's always going to work out if you'll trust him. So they went back to their flocks, but they'd never be the same. He said, well, how do we know it was authentic worship? Well, because they responded as that it was told them. They responded to the revelation. Listen, if you'll respond to God according to his revelation, this is his ultimate revelation, the word of God, the Bible. If you'll respond to God according to his revelation, you will give a faithful proclamation. I'm not asking you to make it up. I'm not asking you to add to it nor take away from it. I'm saying say what God says. The Bible says that they were glorifying God, doxadzo. You've heard that word. It's where we get the word doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And what do we say to that? Amen. Amen. We praise God. We show his worth and we magnify him and we celebrate him. And that's what the Bible says these boys were doing because they're different now. And if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We are new creations in Christ. And I'll guarantee you those boys looked at the night sky differently. Guarantee you. They're like, y'all remember that night? That the angelic host filled the heavens? Y'all remember that? I'm sure when they took their, their sheep or their little lambs uh, through town or wherever they would go and they happened to see maybe a little feeding trough, which, of course, we know that their sheep would, would be out grazing in the fields, but those other animals, maybe those cows and other things that would use that, that trough with hay, I'm sure they reflected on what they had seen in there. And when their, their animals gave birth, do you think when they saw the little lambs do you think they reflected on the Lamb of God who came to take away the sin of the world? One thing the Bible says they never did. It says they never complained. There's no hint whatsoever in the scripture that they whined at all about the assignment. They could have said, well, boys, you know, it's dark and it's the middle of the night. and Maybe we ought to just wait till it gets sun up and then we'll head on over to Bethlehem. No. No, it says in 15, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's come to pass. I think it's pretty common these days to hear folks complaining about this season. Over-commercialized, over-secularized, too expensive, and in many ways you, you would be right. But as children of God, we know that people can get caught up in the shops and the sales and Santa, but... The true meaning of Christmas is much more costly than you think. It cost Mary and Joseph the comforts of home during a long period of exile following this in Egypt to protect the Christ child. It cost mothers in and around Bethlehem the massacre of their baby boys by the cruel order of Herod. It cost the shepherds the complacency of their shepherd's life with their call to the manger and their telling of good news thereafter. It cost the wise men a long journey and expensive gifts and then, of course, changed lives. 
It cost the early apostles and early church persecution and even death at times. It cost missionaries of Christ through the centuries untold suffering to spread the good news. It cost Christian martyrs throughout all the ages their very lives for Christ's sake. But more than all of this, it cost God the Father, his only begotten Son. For he sent him to earth to die for you and for me. It cost Jesus his life of sacrifice and service and a death that was cruel and unmatched in all of history. And when it comes to Christmas, if we will stay focused on the true meaning of this blessed holiday, I believe we will have nothing to complain about. It is the birth of Jesus. It cost heaven's very best in order that we might be reconciled to our creator So interesting to me that the first worshipers recorded in the Bible to the Christ child were shepherds. I know you know this, but in John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus said, The thief cometh only but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And then he made this proclamation, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. You see, the shepherds came, but in the coming, they saw the good shepherd, the chief shepherd, the captain of their salvation and yours. And did you know that the good shepherd laid his life down for you? Are you really reflecting this Christmas on God's perfect gift and Christ's perfect sacrificial death burial and glorious resurrection you see there is no better gift you can give Jesus for his birthday than your life than your obedience that you would serve him from this day forward I didn't tell you you were going to be perfect that would be a lie but you can be forgiven you can be set on a path of righteousness that sets you in right standing with God and one day you're going to get to celebrate his birthday Face to face. You see, the reality is this. With the crowds we've had this morning in each service, there's somebody, this will be your last time celebrating Christmas on this earth before your eternity is set and sealed. Now, that's just the fact. So, Pastor, are you trying to scare me? Man, if you know Jesus, you don't have anything to fear. Death is just the turning of a page. Real life will begin when you see him. If you are here today and you don't know that you know that you know that Jesus has saved you, cleansed your sin, set you on a path toward him, if you don't know that, I'd be scared to death because you're not ready. You're not ready to stand before your maker. But I want to encourage you today that a joyful journey begins with immediate obedience. Be obedient today. You say, how do you know God wants me to be saved today? Because God said, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. That's what God said. Today is your day. Come and be saved. We had several in the first hour to come to say, I'm ready. You come today and be ready. Let's remember why Jesus came this Christmas. He came to die. He came to take our place. He came to be the sacrifice we could never be. He came to acknowledge that animal blood will never take away human sin. And so as one who is fully God and fully man, his sacrifice was and is and forever will be sufficient for you and for me. He took my sin. He gave me his righteousness. He took my darkness. He gave me his light. He took my death. 
He gave me his life, and he's done the same for you if you will trust him by faith. What did Joshua say? As they were there on the edge of the promised land, he said what? Choose. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Then what did he declare? But as for me and my house, what did he say, church? We will serve the Lord. We have made a declaration as a family, and I'm calling you to make a declaration. I'm asking you, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, don't put it off another year. Don't say, I'll settle that in 2024. Friends, you're not guaranteed that you'll see 2024. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but he'll have the light of life. And remember, even when this world may seem dark, And even when it seems as though the darkness may overwhelm us, Jesus says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. I want to be very, very honest with you before we have an invitation and then take communion together. It is a joy for us to serve here, and it is a great privilege of my life to be your pastor, if I am your pastor. And I do love you. But I can assure you right now, I don't love you the way God does. Miss Lucy, are you okay coming up with me for a minute? Are you okay to try it? You don't have to, but if you're okay with it, come up and see me for a minute. Ask her if she'd be willing to come up with G-Pop. And if she's willing, I just, I want to say something about Miss Lucy. And you want to come up? Okay, cool. Come up here with her, G-Ma, if you don't mind. Just walk her to the stage. Is she good? So I, I showed you pictures. I showed you pictures. And um, I just want to, I want to say something about these kids. Now, you know this. Part of what I'm doing here goes without saying. You can be shy if you want, just lay on me. Part of this goes without saying, <clears throat> I do love you, but if any of you tried to lay a hand on this child, I would kill you right where you were. <laughs> now, now, you know that, right? That makes sense, right? You know that if anybody came after one of your precious children or grandchildren, you'd do anything. Would you not? Of course you would. You wouldn't blink an eye. You smell good, too. Are you shy? I'm going to show you the face that way. Oh, there's so much hair, you can't see her any which way you turn her. Hey, can I, can I put you down for here just a second? I want to talk to him. Here's the reality. Here's the reality about this thing. You can look if you want to. It's okay. They're smiling at you. You want to smile at them? No, you don't want to smile at them? So here, here's the truth of it. God knew exactly what he was doing when he sent his son. He knew how the people would treat him. You think I'd let you spit on this one? Do you think for one split second, if I knew you were going to do it, I'd let you take the skin off of her little back? You think I'd let you get anywhere close to her with a crown of thorns? If I saw you coming at her with nails, it'd be over. But God loves you that much. And God loves me that much. That he knew exactly what his little boy would go through as a man on Calvary's cross. 
and he sent him anyway. And Jesus knew exactly what he would go through, and he came anyway. I'm going to walk you back this way, okay? Hold my hand for just a second. You don't have to look at anybody. Just hold my hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You're all shy now. You hear yourself? You're going to tell them, I love my G-Pa. I'll give you something special. <laughs> okay, go back down. Hey, go back down. Go back down. Go back down with Uncle Bob. I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't let you hurt her or my son or my other kids or my sweet Cindy. But you see, none of them could die in your place. Christ alone was 100% God and 100% man, and he is still and will forever be 100% God and 100% man. And he took your place. And he took my place. And Christmas reminds me that God was willing to do all that it would take to make you have a restored relationship with him. To wipe away the debt of sin that all of us owe. Because you're honest, you know, we're all sinners we, we know that our sin separates us from God. But the gospel, the good news is that God so loved the world, he gave. He gave. That is the message of Christmas, my friend. And before we partake of the bread and the cup, and if you're watching, please feel free to get the elements there at your house, crackers and juice or whatever you may have around. Get those things together. But in just a moment, the Carrasco guys are going to come and play a beautiful song for us. Daniel, Diego, and Paul, go ahead and make your way up. And I'm going to pray. And on this holy day, in this holy place, at a holy altar before a holy God, I'm asking you, if you're a Christian, you ought to be coming to say, God, thank you, I praise you, I love you, I honor you for giving Jesus. And Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for being willing to come into this world in the lowliest of ways. Thank you, oh God, thank you. If you're not a Christian, you ought to be coming to one of our pastors or counselors and saying, I need to nail this down. You don't even have to know what to ask for. They'll ask the right questions. They'll take you through the word. You can give Christ your life this Christmas. You can have all of heaven rejoicing because that's what happens when one sinner turns and gets saved. You can come if you missed our Bible reading calendars last week. There's some on the end of the platform here. You can come and commit to the Lord today. I'm going to take in a little bit of God's word every day next year. I'm going to be a student of scripture. If you don't want to come forward to get them, you can get them at the welcome desk. But we have more printed that you can take these with you today. But I believe there's somebody that needs to get right with God today. I believe there's many Christians that need to express their gratitude today. And I want to remind you, just like that precious little red-headed thing up here a minute ago, I may not love you enough to give her for you, but God loves you enough to give heaven's best for you. And you can trust him today. And you can begin a joyful journey with Jesus. Stand with me this morning. As I pray, the altar opens up. Pastors are coming. We would love to have you come and pray today or come take a pastor by the hand.
and give your life to the Lord. Thank you so much for watching us today. God is doing absolutely amazing things in and through our Grace Baptist Church family. If you'd like to share anything the Lord is doing in your life, feel free to reach out to us through our website or our app. And if you're ever in the Knoxville area, come by and worship with us and our family of faith here at Grace Baptist Church.